12 questions. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Please, we always have people introduce themselves how they want to be introduced. Yeah. So I am not, I told you, I'm not totally sober. Okay. Um, so I'm not like you're not like Courtney the, and I and we are just meeting we've known each other for like, like five minutes five minutes <laughs> and a couple of Facebook messages I know and you're so sweet and what a delight you are thank you so much for coming to do this podcast yeah this I is fun appreciate you with my whole heart thank you so much um so like before we get into it like what what you know when I sent the call out to like who wants to be on the podcast this week like what drew you to this like why like why come on 12 questions yeah honestly I hadn't it was interesting to think about it Mm -hmm. you know since we scheduled this and uh I haven't thought about this I used to have a big problem with Adderall like a really big problem (laughs) and I love that you identify it as a problem because here in LA people are just like you know I take all this Adderall to like get my life done I'm like what is this world that we live in (laughs) yeah I mean I think people have different levels and people uh you know like drinking has never been a thing for me Mm -hmm. but for some people that's like an addiction you know what I mean so I had what the closest thing that I can identify to an addiction with Adderall it was like the one thing that I was like I remember so I took it for the first time uh my second year of college um second semester and I was like determined to get out in the world I was like a very precocious college kid I I like wanted to like move to LA and like get started with my life um and I've always had uh, control kind of issues. Um, so I loved the way it made me feel the first time I did it. And I was like, Oh my God, I can get all this stuff done. Um, someone, I was working at a restaurant job and like had been like partying pretty late the night before and someone gave me some and I was like, Oh my God, I can work my whole shift and then I can go home and like not feel this, you know, shitty way from the night before and I can graduate college in two and a half years. And like, (laughs) you know, like, Oh my God, that sounds so exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. so it fed into like the worst, uh, parts of my personality and it took me like a solid, I was just looking at my phone. I think I've been totally sober of Adderall for like almost two and a half years. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me like over a decade to yeah cycle through it. It's a really tough one. I know that I was, when I was using, I wasn't, I was, I'm such a, like I have ADHD and I'm like, I'm a fast person. Uh-huh. Like I'm just like, uh-huh. ah, like I needed to calm down. Everything I took that I really enjoyed was like a slowdown type of drug or like experience. The exception of, um, the exception of hallucinogens, um, <laughs> because like the Beatles or whatever. And, um, that's hilarious. And so like when, um, I remember I, I had a, like uh, a doctor be like, we, do you want to like deal with this ADHD stuff? And I was like, okay, cool. And so they put me on like Adderall for like a, a minute. And I remember going to work and sitting there and just staring at a plant on my desk. Oh, really? Like, put you in the focus zone? So quickly, but for things that don't matter. Like I just stared at that plant for like, I looked up and it was two hours later. 
I was like, I called my doctor. I was like, not for me. Cause I'd been, I'd been clean for so long that like, I'm so sensitive. If you put anything in there and uh-huh. I remember telling, cause my ex was like a, um, he was like a go fast drug kind of a guy. He was like uh-huh. shot speed uh-huh. and everything. And I was like, how did you do this recreationally? Like, I feel like my brain is screaming. Like, and he was like, yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> And I was like, no. So it's, it's, I, I always appreciate like what draws different people to different things because it sounds like for you, that was the temporary answer to like maybe just like a, it was a like, lot of feeling and a lot of everything going on. Yeah. It was like, uh, so I, it totally fed into my desire mm-hmm. for control. I could get everything that I needed to, done school wise Mm -hmm. and still have time to like hang out with my friends and like what I thought, I mean, eventually I was like, you know, I, there was the dark side of it, but at first that's what drew me to it. I was, I was like, my heavens, I am so sorry. That is never (laughs) on. Oh my God. Valenzuela. Oh, what kind of weird grandma are you? I had that. I had it on for to hear you come in. Anyway, I'm the worst. Okay, continue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. At first I thought it was like like the most selfless drug kind of. Mm -hmm. Like I could do everything I needed to for me and I could still be there for people. And basically I just ran myself ragged, you know, because you can't maintain that. That's not a real, that's false. A false sense of that you can do everything and have that much time. And really it's like totally wearing your body down. Right. It's like white lab coat meth. Like it's not, yeah, (laughs) you're not. And I don't have ADD. I mean, so for me it was like just a drug. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I remember refinishing silently refinishing a bookshelf by my they came home and the furniture was painted. You do do, (laughs) after a while you do the dumbest stuff on it too. It's like yeah, you might have like put in some time and work on something and then you are done with it and you're like, what the hell did I? Yeah, like that bookshelf did not need. No, why did I do that? It looked lovely, by the way. I'm sure he still has the bookshelf. <laughs> like it was a great. It looked. I did a very good job, but definitely, yeah. I knew it like immediately. I went to and it was this was like the guidance of my sponsor and like my and my um and my so doctor you were sober mm-hmm. and they tried to put you on Adderall. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. Exactly. Yeah, and that was like just a brief minute. I knew immediately. I was like, my intentions were not relapse, and I was like, oh no, that is not what I. Nope, this is not what I signed up yeah. for. I just wanted to think. Yeah. And it turns out with some if you have anxiety and ADHD and they put you on um a focus medication, you'll just focus on how anxious you are. That's oh, like a thing. Interesting. Yeah. So like I was just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> it was like way too much. And and it was literally the smallest amount. Like 5 milligrams. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did not work for me whatsoever. I was like, nope. Yeah. So I know it was like a, definitely an abuse, mm-hmm. a substance abuse issue and maybe like probably under falls under addiction, I would say. Were you prescribed it or were... No, never. I never bought it off it. people. It was, this is so funny. Someone sent me a Facebook message like six months ago. I'm going to send her this episode. She sent me this Facebook message um and she was like had a package and she was like 
this hey i don't remember how we know each other but i have this package that has your name on it and like you know hey i think we both went to the same college or whatever and i laughed because i was like we know each other because i used to buy your adderall and like Ah! yes you're a very sweet girl but that's like the extent of our relationship wow you know what i mean like i had Mm -hmm. i I, it was a whole thing. Me, it was a whole thing. Me yeah. getting it, and I did the worst s- stuff on it. Like I compromised my integrity in some ways. Like okay. I stole. Uh, I actually stole Adderall from my friend. It was very weird. This was like okay. in college, post, uh, or not uh, post college in Chicago. But I like you know where you're like, oh, I'm doing gross things because yes. of this. Yeah. And that's never, that's, yeah, that's that like rock bottom feeling where you're like, yeah, Ugh. yeah, gross. Ugh. And I think I never had, like there were a few times where I was like, should I, this, this like hurts. Like, should mm. I go to an NA meeting? Mm-hmm. And I think I grew up Catholic and a very like strict religious household. And I think something about the program to me felt Mm. like church or felt like that kind of, because there is like a God component, right? Well, yeah, actually that's, there's, it's a, it's a higher power component. So it's just like you came to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. And that power doesn't have to be defined as God. Yeah. They use the word God in the steps as like, and in the traditions as sort of a shorthand for higher power. Um, because the steps themselves were like derived from this thing called the Oxford group, which was like a Christian organization, Uh um, like in the 1920s, I think and thirties. And then they uh, went ahead and when AA first was developed, they used those steps. And so they do have like religious root and connotation and each meeting you go to will have kind of like different expressions of that. So you'll, but ultimately like it's highly frowned upon and, arguably against this thing called the traditions which is what keeps 12 step programs from collapsing on themselves. So like if unity is the primary purpose and you're saying, I believe in God, my Lord and savior, you know, Jesus, like meatball Christ. Is, yeah. Yeah. If you're identifying like specific, um, religion or dogma, it does create divisiveness within the fellowship. And so it's not, it's highly frowned upon to like share about like specific religious beliefs. Yeah. I would be on board with like the higher power mm-hmm. part of it. I just think something about it felt like organized religion to me. Yeah. yeah it does. And there's praying in and there's praying out. And yeah. it's like, it's like a simulation of organized religion. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a simulation of that connection that organized religion gives people, but without the like, this is the way you gotta do it. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think if I wouldn't have grown up with that, like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catholic experience. Mm -hmm. And then, and there's so much shame and guilt in that already. I think I probably would have been more open to like maybe going to meetings or whatever, but it was very much a thing that, yeah, took, I mean, it took me years to 
kick it truly. And like I said, I did some <laughs> really gross things and had yeah. some like dark night of the soul moments where I was like, this is not good for me. Yeah. Like I'm, I know I'm not being my best self. I know I'm not being the best person in relationships. Yeah. Um, it was like your lifetime TV movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like yeah didn't have all the right plot points it's just like you're in the second act for a long time <laughs> man this is going on for a while <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh so like how do you with that all in mind like how did you experience that surrender of like no more yeah um because it works until you realize it doesn't work anymore yeah so uh, I mean, I, it took, it took me a while, years to figure out it didn't work and that there wasn't going to be a version of me and that substance that did work, Yeah, you know, yeah. even though you like try to rationalize and like be like, well, no, under these circumstances, I could totally just do one in the morning, you know, (laughs) whatever. But it's like, no, you can't do any of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a couple like big events i had a drug dealer that um i just went there for adderall but um he lived in west hollywood and he was shot to death um and (laughs) i like had you know i liked him i would go over there and he would like tell me about his weird theories and like you know he was like a quirky guy but i was like oh this is like actually seems not that bad and then i mean really some sketchy stuff is going on here so there was that and then there was the end of two relationships in a row and i mean they had their other issues that they didn't work out Mm -hmm. or other reasons that they didn't work out but um yeah one of the things that both of those guys said at the end was you know they were really uncomfortable with the fact that I used it and it seemed like I liked it as much as I did. You were like, you're good. You're a good lady. What are you doing? Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) I like, I, and I, I started, I did it when I was single after the second guy still a little bit, but I was phasing it out. And then like when I started liking someone again, I was like, Oh, gross. Like, Mm. I don't ever want this to be like the thing that stands between me and another person. And it took me like a couple relationships to figure that out, you know, because that's annoying, right? When someone's like, if I had a boyfriend that I knew drank super excessively and it was like to their detriment. Mm -hmm. And even if it was like they could still totally hold their life together and what, you know, whatever, I would be like, why are you putting this thing in between us? So I think I realized like I didn't want to do that in my Mm -hmm. relationship with someone else. I totally get that. I totally get that. Cause that it sounds like you identified like that the addiction and numbing and escape always separates us from connection. And it's that connection. That's really like the most invaluable thing. Like in the fellowship I go to, they say like the power of one addict to helping another is without parallel. And that's because it's really the connection that keeps people clean. Oh, you know, it's really that like that's the con- the connection is like the birthplace of like if there's a higher power, that's definitely where the connection lives. Yeah. You know, and so like or that's definitely where it lives is in the connection part of me. And I think it's connecting to other people. And I also started realizing like, 
oh, I'm putting this in between me and my career too. Yeah. Like, you know, on paper, it looks like maybe you could use it to like write more or whatever, but like, Mm -hmm. that's not really how it works, you know? Yeah. Adderall seductive. That's where I hear it with comedians. They'll be like, yeah, I just popped a couple of Adderall, finished the thing. And I was like, for me, that doesn't seem, it's like, oh, well, you're not, like, what is the work good? I don't know. Are you able to go to meetings and look people in the eye and like, you right. know, feel like your best? I don't know. I wasn't never able to. And so when I was like, listen, I just have to be fully myself and stop mm-hmm. trying to escape that or tr- stop trying to amplify that or mm-hmm. whatever I was using it for um, and just like be myself fully that I don't know it's been a good couple oh, years of that you chose authenticity <laughs> do oh you my God. do you like fucks with Brene Brown no oh my god there's do a, I need to I'll send you some TED talks I will you, yeah you totally this there's some like really great parallel experience there but she's like a researcher she's a social worker who does like researches um, like shame ultimately she researches shame oh, yeah but it's like how the po- power of vulnerability and like wholeheartedness and like what she describes as you know the understanding of like necessary connection and like necessary wholeheartedness she like really embodied that in that statement that's really beautiful oh. i dig it i dig it um cheryl strayed i say this a lot on on my podcast too but like for anyone that's in like a really low place and she definitely helped me when I was like working through some of my Adderall stuff and breakup stuff and whatever, just bottoming out stuff. Um, but she wrote tiny, beautiful things was her Mm. advice column is dear sugar. Do you know who she is? No. Oh yeah. She, and then she wrote wild the book, which became a movie. Yeah. Yeah. But she's incredible. And she gives this, like she wrote that, Dear Sugar was the okay. advice column. She wrote it for the rumpus for free for Yay. like, and she needed money, but it's like just, she's such a wise soul. And anyway, everyone, if you're st- yeah. struggling, Get read her. I read her and it really put, it's, it's just like basic life stuff, but sometimes you need someone to like break it down and make it really accessible. It's yeah, it's super duper important. It's super duper important. There's it's like being an adult. I, I find in my own relationship, like I've had this, I have this like 16 years of being in a program and like seeking self-help and like doing like yoga. I went to a Reiki healer recently. Like who am I becoming? <laughs> yes. Like I'm fully just like <laughs> LA. Like where do I put the crystal in my ear? Like I'm just so, I'm really leaning into it right now. And like, my dude is like a different guy, you know, he's like a, it's like his identity is intelligence and he went to Berkeley and, you know, everything's very like, you know, cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to like emotional stuff, he'll be like, what do I do? And I'm like, here's some tools. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know, man. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I just have to back off. But I noticed that like there, there are some times where folks just don't want or they don't, or they're not ready for it, or mm-hmm. they don't know where to seek it. So I love that you shared that. I'm going to check that out. Dear Sugar. Dear Sugar. Uh, so good. And just that. like, you know. Because I saw Wild, and that's like, I used to work in a drug treatment center, and I would come in, and I'd see like five girls, like all watching HBO. <laughs> and I would just look in and be like, oh, you all going to cry if you finish this movie. 
<laughs> and they're oh like, really? <laughs> the movie's not even as good as the book. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's such a, like, it's a powerful journey, you know? I'm so, aw. I've met you for five minutes. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, girl. You are, kill- <laughs> you are killing it in the game. Aww. You're doing it. How do you experience, like, what was your most insane moment, like, in and out of your recovery journey? And, like, insane could be defined positive, negative. It doesn't really matter. However you want to, like. Um, to me, insane would be probably the negative s- stuff. I mean, I drove that same girl that uh, sent me that Facebook message being like, what's up? Did we know each other? That's a digital equivalent of finding a bag you hid in your kitchen. You're I like, know. what? What are you doing here? <laughs> it, was just, it made me sad for a second too because I was like, if we weren't friends like you think we maybe were. But I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. like my connections shouldn't have been about that. I guess, whatever. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's judgmental of my past. But um, anyway, I drove to Texas to buy Adderall from her at one point. Texas? Right. From um, Los Angeles? From, no. So I grew up in Minnesota. Okay. I went to uh, college in Missouri. It okay. was like a acting program, but they had a summer stock theater near where I grew up. Anyway, so I was in... Uh, Columbia, Missouri, going to college. And then I did a film in St. Louis and Chicago right after. So I was like still in the Midwest before I moved to LA at 23. Um, So in my early 20s, at one point, I drove from probably Missouri or Chicago to Texas for the only purpose of buying whatever this girl's bottle of Adderall. I mean, that's crazy. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, you know what we say in the meetings too? Because sometimes people will be like, oh, me, it's raining. It's in the rain. It's so, ugh, I'm very busy. And people always be like, you went to any lengths to get loaded. Right. When did you do like a 10 hour road trip to go get your shit? Like what? Like, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's of commonality with addiction is people will be like, do you'll do crazy things like, yeah, we were like sleeping at rest stops and like it was not OK. Well, because the fun of it is actually the journey to get it. It's the quest. You ever notice that it's the on the way where you're like all excited? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean part of me knew at the time like this is crazy crazy and pathetic Uh, and like not how i should be like touring houston and austin for the first time (laughs) you're like i should be here for my comedy (laughs) yeah yeah something a little more noble than finding drugs so um yeah there were a few things like that um that we're truly insane. Wow. What is your, uh, how do you make decisions today? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me this and I'm still like, how do I do it? Um, you don't have to have an answer. <laughs> no one has to have any answers on this podcast. Uh, how do I make decisions today? I would say I have tampered some of my impulsiveness that mm-hmm. I feel like contributed to why I wanted to use and then was like amplified by it. Um, I don't, I have a wonderful boyfriend. I usually, he's a great sounding board. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have, uh, some amazing close friends that I bounce things off of. And I 
try not to make decisions too quickly because I know that that's kind of in my nature. I am like a gut, gut check kind of a person. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like to question my instincts too, too much because I I think, you know, usually they're saying valuable things. Like usually they're spot on, but Mm -hmm. I do try to tamper my impulsiveness and yeah, take a little bit more time and play out. I don't know, protect myself a little bit better. Cause I think sometimes I could just like, if you're a go fast kind of person, Mm -hmm. which is like how I liked my, you know, I wanted to graduate school right away. Like dad or else it made my life go fast. I want to like pack in every minute. And like, sometimes that's like not how you nurture yourself or become the best person in work and your personal life and whatever. So I think you have to create a little bit of space to like breathe and think things through and are you yeah. like a therapy person? Where did you get all this balance in your life? Where did this come from? I do like, um, I have an amazing hypnotherapist. She's so expensive. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't go that often, but when I do, I'm like, yeah, that was worth two seventy five. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That's true. You get what you pay for. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. And then my, so my boyfriend and I have both gone to this therapist and, we love her. Uh, but he was like, damn, she raised her rates again. So he was like pricing out other people. And then he was like, oh, like they're actually in L.A. Even to get like a good mm-hmm. life coach is like ex- so expensive. Super expensive. Unless you have Medi-Cal and then you can get somebody in grad school. <laughs> I don't know. I've not gotten the best results with that. I've gotten both the best and the worst and like some in the middle results. Like the therapist I have right now is pretty in the middle. She's, she's okay. But I had one that was like really, really talented. And then I had one where I was like, Oh no, you are. My grandmother's been a marriage and family therapist for 40 years. You got to like really know your shit with me. (laughs) Like I know when it just feels like you're like talking to your friend, you're like, I don't, this is, this is not, no, I could call someone for this. I'm, I'm here for the, I'm here for the, let's, let's dig some shit out. You know, I love that. What is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself so far? Um, what is surprising that I've learned about myself? So this is going to sound totally woo woo. I love it. Um, I, there's this woman, her name is Lacey Phillips, who is like a new age manifestation kind of guru tell me everything yeah. <laughs> so she has a site called free and native and okay. it's like um sort of online courses that she has and they're like about unblocking or like mm. you know dealing with your shadow self or uh one's called opulence um so i took opulence um and i'm taking formula and magnetism right now um and I think it's not even it's not even that I'm like believe in manifestation in like I, I don't know, in like the crystal in like the yeah. super out there kind of a way. Right. But I do think like acknowledging the things that uh are triggers for you or like happened when you were young or you know, mm-hmm. it's like a form of therapy. Yeah. And you're actually 
those things do show up in your adult life in really surprising ways. Yeah. Right. I'm always kind of shocked to be like, Oh no, actually you have a fear of success in this way. And then trying to work through that and see like where that's coming from. And, um, then being willing to be seen in that way. I don't know. I, I am realizing that the work that I can do on myself is actually very powerful. Yeah. And I'm getting good results and it's just, it's some of, it's like we were saying before, some of it's so simple, Yeah. but you know, when you take the time to look at it and unpack it, you're like, Oh shit. It's my life can go in a totally different direction. Yeah. It's the simple stuff. That's like the most difficult to do. Cause you're like, wait a minute. You mean my ego did not have to go into overdrive to make this happen. <laughs> this isn't right? about me. Yeah. I love what you just said. Cause that's like my kind of realization right now is like, my past traumas will make me run away from my current opportunities. Yes. And my, or run towards my like future traumas. <laughs> It'll just like, ah, keep going, you know? And so identifying like, is trauma driving me forward or holding me back? What is it? Yeah. And then being like, no, you didn't. That's, that's before. Like, you're fine now. It's fine. You did the work. You're fine. Yeah. And I try to have a realistic uh, a sense of like, I try to keep it real with myself. Yeah. Like, you know, the lies that you tell yourself are, I think the most dangerous of all. So it's like getting to the bottom of those and like nipping that in the bud that is like, it really helps. Well, that brings us to our next question. Like what is your level of honesty with yourself and others? I would say high. Okay. Um, Definitely with myself. I try to acknowledge the things that I know part of me doesn't want to, you know? Um, And I don't think that I've, I think that's been a journey too is like, I think it was, I've definitely been through periods where I was totally lying to myself about certain things. Um, And with other people, I would say, I would say very honest it's hard. I find it hard, difficult sometimes in my closest relationships, um, to be totally honest because we have feelings, you know, and you don't want to hurt the people that are closest to you. And sometimes the truth is painful, (laughs) you know? So, um, but still, uh, my parents, I, I felt like kept it pretty real with each other. Mm -hmm. And so it was modeled for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it keeps things clean. In yeah. A way. How long have you been in a relationship? Um, I met my boyfriend on Tinder. Oh, hey girl. That's, <laughs> hey, you know what? It happens. It does. That's like, that's like a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I met him on Tinder like almost two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, I had some pretty traumatic breakups before Mm -hmm. I met him and then had been single for a stretch and really did a lot of work on myself after those breakups um and during my single time so it's like a really like lovely adult relationship in a way that I've never had yay yeah I love that I love that like I had single time too and single time 
is a real fun time. When people is. are like, no, oh, I hate being single. And I did the same thing. And it's like, no, you get to sleep in the middle of your bed, like a starfish doing semaphore all night, just like live in your life, you know? And you get to take care of yourself in a way yeah. that, you know, even it's a little more difficult when you have somebody else that you really care about. For mm-hmm. sure. To take the t- time and all the energy like you sh- you wind up sharing it with them which is beautiful in its own yes. dif- different way it's a different type of growth but yeah the the stuff that the work that I did on myself and the way that I like learned to kind of love and nurture myself when I was by myself was like oh that's yeah. like the bedrock for being a great partner after I think yeah that's awesome. I love that. And it sounds like, and I love that he's like a, he's like a therapy seeking person too. That's like, yeah, we actually connected on our first date because, um, I mean, we were like talking about deaths that we'd experienced. Yeah. So we were just in right away. But then, um, we both talked about hypnotherapy and just kind of like the seeking that we'd done mm-hmm. individually. And, um, I really, that was a really attractive quality for me that he was like, you know, wanted to look at himself like that. It is a super attractive quality. Like the stoic, I got this, like nothing's ever been wrong. I don't have any bad feelings guy. Barf too much. And like, there's some shit under there. (laughs) Right. It's like, what's, what's holding this like facade together? Like, why is that there? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that story. What is, you mentioned like deaths and stuff. And I only, I only say that you don't have to talk about it. I only say no, that because totally both yeah. my parents have passed away. Like oh, I've I'm had sorry. a, no, you don't have to apologize. They, they did well when they're not in pain anymore. You know what I mean? So I was just like, is there like that kind of stuff going on or? Um, I am lucky to have both my parents still, but I grew up really close to my grandparents mm-hmm. and, um, about two it's going on it's it's like two and a half years also so I think kind of um my grandma passed in a way that made me so we were super close Mm -hmm. and then I feel like I moved away and like I didn't stay in touch in the way it fucked me up. Basically my grandma passing fucked me up because, um, I wished that I would have been able to stay in better touch. But then part of me knows like, you know, you only have so much, like I was doing the best I could, you know? Uh, but that was like, and I hadn't lost any, anyone that had been that close to me before. So, um, that was like a big, kind of shift that actually probably led to my Adderall sobriety because I was using right before I like, I, I think I was taking Adderall when I was like working on the book that I made in her honor. So like, you know, that was like happening. And then when I got back to LA, I really had to like think about, I don't know what, what her loss meant to me and kind of like unpack it and work through it. And I think that's, was the end of it It was like a month later. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. What is, I don't, I don't know how to like gracefully transition out of that. Yeah. Go for it. Just lay it on Just like we're going to do it. (laughs) But no, I, I, that's, that's a beautiful story. You wrote a book in her honor. I wrote a little, yeah. So 
I, I actually recommend it to anyone that's like a creative person. That's like, I don't know. I didn't really know what to do with myself mm-hmm. when I was, I made it back just in time to say goodbye to her, which wow. was like huge for me. I think it's it, amazing. I think it would have been even harder to yeah. go through if I wouldn't have been able to say goodbye. Yeah. And it's because I like left right away. <laughs> like I literally, no time was wasted and I yeah. got to be with her. This like the night was one of the most transformative things because I got to be there. It was just her. She had nine kids, but like, Five of them were there that night. Wow. And me, I was the only grandkid that was there. Um, and we like, we're, we were seriously like her death doulas. Like we yeah. just like, you know, c- comforted her and like let her know that it was okay. Like she'd had a heart attack that was like really serious. She was like yeah. never going to have the same life. And like we could see her process when the doctor came in and like what her options were. And like she was like, okay, I'm going to like let myself go. She didn't say that, but like, you know, that's, uh, we saw her go through that process. And, and so like I got in at maybe like 1 PM and she was like gone at 1 AM. But I like got to have this like amazing night, like truly, it was truly the best. And, way to see her go and it also made me like a little less scared of yeah death because i got to like take her to the edge you know what i mean and like absolve a little bit of my guilt i mean not all of it so that had happened and i was stuck in minnesota (laughs) where i grew up for a week until her funeral and i didn't know what to do with myself and you know my my family um was doing their own grieving and I felt like disconnected in some ways and I wanted to feel totally connected. And I like was like, I had this strong sense because there were people were cleaning out her house already. And that's and the taking weird part, right? And like, yeah. I was like, just, I, can this just stay the same? Like, can she just always have this house and we'll just come back here and like smell no. her stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and when I like started to realize like, Oh no, this is totally going to be different. Like her house isn't going to stay like that. I mean, my parents are moving. So it's not like gone, but it's never going to be like this. And I don't want to forget like my favorite stuff about her. She was like such this huge part of my life that I was like, wanted to like put it all in a glass jar, you know, like trap it like a dragonfly. Yeah. And, uh, so I asked my family for their stories. I was like, send me your, best grandma Betty stories Whoa! and I edited this like I don't know maybe like 30 page booklet of everyone's stories which let me tell you my family's stories needed some editing (laughs) (laughs) yeah no storytelling is not intuitive you gotta practice it that's hilarious but it was like set I mean and then we got copies printed and I think it really helped people grieve and feel like it wasn't like she wasn't as ephemeral like they would they would remember stories about her next year and in 20 years and like it it was that was amazing but i did that on adderall (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna discount 
the the beauty of that gesture you know what i mean like i'm not gonna discount it like there are some beautiful things that occurred when i was still using and my dad was sick you know what i mean and there's it's so easy to look at our using as like this black and white thing like this was bad and this was good and that's not true it's all gray area and life is messy and you are able to accomplish some pretty amazing things when sometimes when you're out there because you're an amazing person, not because of the result of the, the substance abuse oh, yeah. whatsoever. And the fact that like, thank you for sharing that story. What a, what a beautiful, powerful woman. Like what a beautiful, powerful experience. Oh like, yeah. And that's she was done right. Yeah. She was incredible. And yeah. it just really felt like, I mean, for an 88 year old woman to have like to pack a church. I mean, she was just yeah. like, I mean, seriously, how many people do you expect to know when you're 88? Like, I don't know. I'll be lucky if I have like 10 people that want to come to my funeral. Right? Like she was awesome and it just felt like the right way to honor her. So, yeah. Oh, I love that story. Uh, Okay. All right. Next question. What is, oh, what a beautiful moment. I feel like it could just be like, okay, we're just not going to ask any more questions. That's such a beautiful story. Okay. Wait, what is your, um, what is the thing about your, how do you deal with fear and anxiety? Fear and anxiety. I'm going to skip to question. I do that all the time. Um, yeah. So the hypnotherapist that I love has frequently reminded me to choose love, not fear. So I try to, whenever I'm like spiraling and I'm like, Oh, this horrible thing could happen. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what creates a lot of my anxiety is like, just going down the path of like what the negative outcomes could be, which yeah. are horrible. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, yeah, feels disgusting. So anyway, I just try to stop that as soon as possible and just like repeat to myself. It sounds so stupid, but I'm, but I just like remind myself literally out loud. I'll be like, choose love, not fear. Yeah. I will, I will say it to myself. Yeah. You have to say it out loud because you activate your prefrontal cortex when you do that. There's like, oh a, yeah, there's a scientific reason why if you say something out loud, especially if you're like in a spiral and you're, um, you start repeating a thing, it'll actually go, it's a, it's a reminder to kick in the front part of your brain and to get out of your amygdala. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that, but yeah. I do that because it, it feels like it helps. It totally, it's like scientifically proven. Like if you just, same thing with like deep breathing, but if mm. you were to just, when you say out loud, you know, choose love and not fear, like you're reminding your brain like, no, 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 no. We're going to get out of the fear center part of my brain that was put there so I can run from a wildebeest. Yeah. And now I'm going to get back to the part that reasons because the part that reasons makes choices. Yeah. So, yeah, when I first started dating my boyfriend, even though like we had a great, I mean, our relationship has been positive and like there, it's not like there were like a bunch of red flags or, you know, anything like that. Um, but when I was like scared, when we first started dating, when it started to feel like serious and like, I would just totally spiral out about, you know, how do people even stay in love for so many years and like, you know, just like, but way in the future kind of stuff, but like big existential stuff. I would just start to like go down the rabbit hole and, um, she would remind she she had me like the mantra was like uh have fun and pay attention that's all you have to do 
she's like nothing bad is gonna happen to you like he's not gonna totally blindside you if you just have fun and pay attention and so i would just say that to myself in the same way that i would say choose love not fear because like those little simple things like have totally helped helped me tremendously i hope if you're listening to this you're writing that down because that's 275 dollars an hour worth of wisdom (laughs) (laughs) have fun pay attention that's so smart (laughs) i have a lot of phone calls and i've definitely been on the receiving end of those phone calls where it's like you call your girlfriend and you're like i cannot believe he did this thing that he totally told me he was going to do right (laughs) Right. how dare he not meet my unrealistic expectations when he completely gave me all the information up front but that's like great (laughs) advice right it's like have fun don't self-sabotage yourself right just be in it pay attention if there is something you need to talk about jill bring it up it's so simple it's so easy you don't have to sit around and be like what is it when's it gonna happen what's the shit gonna drop oh i love that oh that's so cute okay what is the thing about yourself you'd like to change the most oh or you have to like constantly monitor like in in 12 step we call it character defects like oh man i have a lot um yeah i I have to remind myself to, I could be a workaholic. I mean, Mm, mm -hmm. definitely that. So like, I have to remind myself to like step away from the laptop sometimes and like be present with my partner and, or, you know, actually it is wonderful to make dates with your friends and like go do something and like have no agenda you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really hard thing to remember in LA where it just feels like if you stop working, like you're going to fall behind. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one of them. I, I've had an interesting relationship with marijuana. Um, I didn't start. I think I just started for regular like recreational purposes but Mm -hmm. then i've actually realized so this is something that for a long time felt like something i needed to fix and lately i've been like oh no maybe that is actually like helpful in my life like i think i do naturally have a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. um and my parents were not like pro therapy people growing up they were just like you guys are strong like of course you'll you know yeah you'll figure it out you'll figure it out and like you know you're not a crazy person you know so it's right. like even like we d- we are anxious <laughs> we have my me and at least two of my siblings are like anxious people in like a way that like we could see someone about that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and they were always just like no i mean what could be wrong with our kids essentially um which yeah is not correct it, yeah um so i i think i like i got my medical marijuana card and was like you know i thought it was a joke to be like my reason that i need this is Mm -hmm. for anxiety and insomnia and then i you know i went through a breakup and was like sober for a little bit and then and tried like actual anti-anxiety medication 
and it was like way worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. control it in the same way. It feels mm-hmm. like gr- it did not feel right to me. Right. And then eventually I was like, and I wound up to like talking to the psychiatrist about it and whatever. But like, I think I actually use weed in like a, as an anti-anxiety okay. thing in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for a long time I was like, I need to change this. And then yeah. I was like, I, d- I think I, am actually dealing with my anxiety (laughs) do you know what i mean it's not negatively impacting my life it's right positively impacting my right yeah i totally actually like i'm in the um i'm in an interest i've been on anxiety stuff it's the same time when they were like oh no we kick-started your anxiety engine we better put you on this stuff i had like terrible night terrors and all kinds of stuff and um from the medication and i'm in a weird position right now where i totally understand that where i'm kind of on the cusp like i'm very sensitive um like i can't even take you ever heard of alpha brain it's that like supplement all those joe rogan podcast people i like if i take two of those i'm like ah like it's too much focus like i'm so sensitive and um there is so like i i basically got very emotional a couple of weeks ago and i don't know if i had a panic attack or not but i've been prone to panic attacks and so i'm on the cusp of like that's what the point of going to the reiki person was why is that still on i thought i turned it off <laughs> dear lord the muffins are done um the uh the uh like when i'm what I'm kind of going through with that is like, okay, what do I, since I fall in that middle ground of like, I can, I can deal with the anxiety and I can push through the feelings. And sometimes you just have to like feel your feelings because they're telling you something. But I used to be able to like ride that and be like, this is anxiety. And this is something you do to like, I could replace it with mostly physical exercise. And um, so it's just been this, this journey of like, I think that'll always be the constant struggle of like, what works best in that figuring out how to regulate it how to regulate it or if it's not a thing that can be regulated you know it's like at what point is the surrender part where you just go like this is really getting in the way you know yeah so it's hard it's hard to know but i think whatever path a person takes you know i cannot smoke weed that was like part of my portfolio of drug addiction but i don't judge anybody who does that to like regulate their you know, whatever it is, it does work for a lot of people. And I had surgery. I used CBD oil on my like body. Uh huh. Totally worked. Oh yeah. Way yeah. better no, than I, an opiate. I work out mm-hmm. a ton, which is, I think that's why my parents are like marathon runners is that's how oh, they work through their anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So I work out a ton and I've stopped being so, because yeah, I don't, Adderall has been like the one thing that I've drug wise that I've been like where I'm like, Oh, that's an addictive, uh, way that I'm using that. But everything else I have not, not felt like that before. Yeah. And so I've had these couple years where I'm like feeling like, Oh, I don't know. It's been helpful to reframe that as like something that like actually maybe is okay. Sometimes my boyfriend's like, if it's been too long, he's like, okay, maybe you should just, Get a vape. <laughs> I was <laughs> my boyfriend's version of that is the other day I was just like um like rushing to get out of the house to go to a meeting and I can't remember I was like, Do you want me to like take care of this thing before I leave? And he was just like, Get to your meeting and I was like, Okay. <laughs> all right i guess i need that uh whoa yeah so um yeah that's like 
It's crazy. That's yeah. I, my, my dad actually was like sober for like 8 million years and didn't smoke pot. Like, and, um, before he passed and I remember my poor stepmom was so anxious because there's the love of her life, like, like dying, like how terrible is that? And I remember one day he was like, do you want me to get you some weed? Like I know people. I'm in a program. I just got to talk to the wrong people. We can get you some weed, man. And he, she was just like, she was just like, ah, like just like wringing her hands, you know? So it's sort of, it's one of those things. It's like, who am I to judge? I'm not like, I'm not a higher, I, I don't like make judgments for other people. That's just not what I do. I try not to. I love to, but right. I try not to. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've tried to judge my, I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to know myself as much as I can and also not be so hard on myself. Yeah. Which is hard. My, I had a sponsor tell me this and I would call her and I'd just be like, and I'm a terrible person and all these things and I hate myself. And she would just go, um, don't be so mean to my friend, Anna. I love her and she doesn't deserve it. I know it. when you reframe it as someone like that, you know, not yeah. yourself, you're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. why am I such an asshole? You yeah. know, like the self, some of the self talk that you can catch yourself in is like truly cruel. Yeah. I would, I would, I would really go after somebody who treated somebody in front of me the way that I treat myself. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that's my instinct would be to like, would be to fight on behalf of that person with that, you know, whether that's like words or boundaries or whatever. I'd like to think it'd be a healthy thing, but you know, in general, I'd probably just roast them and make them sad. (laughs) 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 Um, But uh, no, that's, that's beautiful. What is your, like, how do you experience forgiveness? Mm. Me forgiving other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or you being forgiven. Yeah. Uh, I think, Hmm. I have only one thing, you know, like I try to keep my side of the street pretty clean. Yeah. Um, I have like a few, I have like one, ex-boyfriend who is dead to me (laughs) sometimes that has to happen yeah but i don't want ill things for him you know what i mean um and i have a friend breakup that happened not too long ago it's been a while but not too long ago brutal worse than boyfriends oh my god worse oh my god yes Ugh. i'm sorry yeah no uh I mean, I believe that it needed to happen for a reason for our, both of our individual growth or whatever. Um, but yeah, I try not to harbor any resentment and to just like wish those people their, their happiness. I don't know. I, I think my boyfriend and I take turns reminding each other of this. It's so much easier when he's going through the thing and I get to be the person reminding him, but he was, this was just happening the other night where he was like kind of like ill wishing someone because they fucked him over. Um, I don't know. It's just, 
such bad karma, right? When you hear other mm -hmm. people do it, it just seems like it makes me like cringe, even though like I know that person that he was talking about did, did totally fuck him over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's not wrong, but yeah, I think it's like whenever you can find it within yourself to let that go instead of like keeping that energy in your it's yeah. domain it's better it's it makes you happier and feel lighter and more free and so that's what I aspire to and I'm not always perfect but <laughs> I try I love that I love that story that's amazing uh what has been the weirdest amends or like apology you've had to make um I don't know if I have, um, yeah, like I'm, we talked about my grandma. I'm really yeah. glad. I'm really glad that I got to see her because you can't, some things you like can't really make amends for. Like mm. there was a lot of time that I wished I would have spent differently and you can't like, there's nothing that you can do about that except just show up when you can. Um, There's a concept of living amends and this might like reframe it. I'm not like trying to fix it for oh, you. Oh no, anyway, I like this. Tell me. The concept of living amends is that you live in a way that is contra like contradictory to the thing you feel you have to make amends for, but no longer can't or no longer like can or like no, or for some reason you can't be in contact with that person, whether it's loss, whether it's you cause the kind of harm where if reaching out to them would be in injurious to them uh -huh. um, or, you know, passing away, that kind of thing. You can live in a way that is like a, like a living apology. Oh my to God. That I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I do some of that. Yeah. I would say I like, hear that in your story for sure that like you've done a bunch of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I mean, when you in even listening to past podcasts, when you asked that question, I was like, I don't know because I don't know that I've ever had the conversation. I've, I've rarely had the conversation that feels like, would be the amends conversation. Um, but I try to acknowledge just to myself when shit has like not gone how I wanted it to, yeah. or like left a mark on pro usually both of us. Right. Yeah. And then I do my best to like live in a way that is better moving forward right. so i think that's like a form of what you're talking about right yeah is exactly like, yeah and not trying to repeat the same mistakes over and over again so it's like yeah yeah that last friend breakup like there were some aspects i mean that it was a very unique situation but like there are elements that i can recognize that were fucked up in our dynamic like both ways that yeah. like I'm not ever trying to repeat that again. Just like with my relationship, my I had a couple gnarly relationships. Like I'm not trying to ever relive those dynamics or whatever. And even like with my grandma passing, it's like, okay, well, I still have two grandparents left and I try to like do better 
it's not perfect, but I try to go home more and I try to FaceTime with them or like, you know, do what I can to not feel the same way about them later. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. How do you maintain your like sense of balance and your, your serenity on a day-to-day basis? Ooh, I have a lot of things. Um, I journal as much as I can. I try to journal when I was like at my lowest point, I would say I was journaling like every day Mm -hmm. and like pretty, Oh my God, I would probably be mortified to look at those journals now, but I was like, (laughs) I was getting it out. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And now, um, I do more like try to do a page every day and sometimes it's more like every other day, but it does help to just like put stuff down. And also I like it as a writer, as like going back and looking at my progress and helping myself remember things. So I journal, I exercise like a mofo. I am just like hiking around Yay. or taking group exercise classes. They're meditative in a way. Yes. I used to teach karate. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the endorphin boost, the medi- the meditative quality, like that totally helps with my sanity. Um, what else do I do? Yeah. I feel like I'm like always kind of exploring some like weird maybe not weird but um like the Lacey Phillips thing that I told you about or like you know when I'm feeling off balance I try to go see my expensive hypnotherapist or you're a fancy lady who deserves nice things right go for it sometimes you gotta treat yourself sometimes (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah I just exercise journaling all things I would go see a Reiki person did you like it yes um it was and I was talking about it with another podcast I was talking about it with one of the ladies on that podcast and she didn't have a big powerful experience I think what it was is he first off this guy um doesn't really charge he's sort of like there's um like charity donation boxes in his studio. And when you pay him, you pay it into the charity boxes. So the money all goes to like charity organization. Yeah. And so that's, that's pretty cool. And then it was also a very powerful meditation state, Uh. but it was very interesting in that, like my body started being weird. So like I was like laying on a little table and all of a sudden, because I have like back injuries and I've had surgeries, I've had like all these things in the last couple of years. And like one of my, my, um, my hip flexors started like really twitching crazy. Oh. And then my stomach just started being like, so there was just like a lot kind of going on. It had a lot of the like at the deepest meditation por- portions of it. Have you ever done a sound bath? No. Girl, I'm going to send you an email because tomorrow there's one for like 25 bucks here in Ooh. East Hollywood. Yeah. Oh it's my great. God, I want to go. Like a sound bath is like they play these bowls yeah. that um, create this like vibration. And what it does is it kind of plunges you into super deep meditation and like the kind of meditation where you like, can hallucinate or like if you, you, if you fall asleep, you fall asleep hard. Like it's, um, that by, uh, binaural sort of sound waves. Yeah. So I've gone to a meditation class in LA, a couple of them where they like bang on the, yeah, whatever the vibrational thing is. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I always feel like, 
Yeah. Those are powerful. It's super powerful. And so it was, it felt like that. It felt like that experience. And he did ask me a lot of like questions about my parents and stuff. It was just kind of fascinating. I was keeping an open mind because I'm like, I have two sides of my brain and one side is, mm-hmm. and I love in LA, they'd be like, well, well, it's a Gemini thing. Shut up. I don't know. I don't know about astrology. I have no idea. Like, are, you I have, a, are you a Gemini? Yes. I That's like, hilarious. I half believe in things and I have to like, it's, I believe it's, and this is how I feel about astrology. There's one side of my brain that is like on fucking board. <laughs> and then there's one side of my brain that's so scientific and like analytical Uh uh but i know that there's a mid there's a middle ground where it's like by affirming to yourself that you're going to choose love without fear you're going to choose love and not fear that it activates your free parental cortex like i know that i've i've read the studies it's a real thing and so i know that both ideas work like in my I want to live in a world where I can go to Reiki and be like I don't know what just happened but I feel great I walked out my back felt amazing my back and neck felt amazing and then like a couple I was like at home like doing my little meditation doing my like guided meditation and my dude came in and then we were like talking and then he started to kind of like go through his like negative stuff and I immediately my whole body just seized up again Mm -hmm. so I know that there's physiological responses to stress and for whatever reason I got a release from that experience and I do think listen our our minds and our mindsets are so powerful yeah and you know some of this stuff sure like a big part of it's probably placebo but like does it matter if it makes you feel a certain way and leads you to those results like yes do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes, there's some, yes, not all of it is science. Are you kidding me? Like, well, because it was my therapist. So funny. She said, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to refer you to a psychiatrist just to have a talk. You don't have to sign on for anything, but I'm also going to refer you to this like not for profit Reiki guy. And if you try it, then you can. And uh, my medical doctor is like, you know what? You're in too good a shape to like need all this stuff that it's like, why don't you try acupuncture? And he referred me to acupuncture. And so there's, I think what's happening is there's, um, I'm talking too much about me on this podcast. I, what I, (laughs) I, what I relate to you is that like, it does you, whatever works for you works for you. And it's just like, if it gives me that feeling of synchronicity, you're talking about like magnetism, Mm -hmm. like last night I was like, Oh, I haven't felt this like connected and like, like there's this synchronicity going, okay, I feel you. I'm here. I'm here for it. You know? Yeah. And like to allow ourselves that moment to feel that is I think where the growth is. I can't remember the name of it, but that water study where it's like, uh, they would talk to water negatively and positively Mm -hmm. like that. I feel like illustrates the, it's like, we can't see how it all works. Right. But if it works, I don't know if, if the response is different, if you're like, yeah, doing the more positive things, what the fuck? Who cares how it works? Just do the more positive things. Just do things. the more positive things. I know. It's easier. You'll probably feel better. For sure. Which is difficult in an entertainment career because there's a lot of people in fear. There's a lot of people who, um, you know, celebrate their skepticism. And there's a lot of people that like sort of the crux of comedy is laughing at the thing. You know right. what I mean? But how do we laugh at the thing in a positive manner? That's like the question I keep asking myself. Like, how do I bring that positivity into the world and bring people joy? 
but still do my job. Totally. But, and a huge part of our careers is ambiguity, right? We yes. like live in this place where we don't know where the next job is yes. and we have to be comfortable with like all this unknown all the time, Yes, which is why I think like these self-care practices are so important because you could, that, that is great. That is crazy making that feeling yes. and to most people like they wouldn't ever want to sign up for that. So to learn to live in that place, it's yes. like, yeah, you got to journal your feelings. You got to like go on two yes. hour walks. Like yes. you got to get it all out or like you're just going to wither. That's withering is the right word for it. You know, you, I'm sure you've had that moment when you look in the mirror and you're like, am I like, is this, how did I age in a, like 50 years in a week? Like what just happened? Like, whoa, it feels like inwardly and outwardly withering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that we met. I, I like know, that we're too. like, oh my God. <laughs> I love it when this podcast results in like, oh, you know what? Well, let's just be friends forever. Like, I love I that. I feel like we're going to go to a sound bath. Oh my God. It's so much. And it was so much fun. And my, it was my sponsor took me to my first one at the Integnatron down yes. in um, By Palm, Palm Springs. Have you done that? No, but I've had my eye on it. <gasps> Do it. Okay. Do it. If, if anything for the experience of when you're waiting to go in, they the the people who work there there's like all these hammocks it's like this beautiful peaceful garden everybody's just like chilling and because they've either just done the sound bath or just or they're waiting for it and they're so funny because they'll be like have you tried the well water and you're like no (laughs) i grew up in the country all well water tastes like a hot asshole no i don't want this well water and they're like you should try the well water and you're like all right, I'll try those well water. And it's like the most fresh, delicious, amazing water. Really? Yes. They're like, just just try something. Like, I don't know what they're putting in it. That's I have so funny. no idea. Like, they could just be like, I have no idea. But it does, it is good water. <laughs> but like, that's the funny part of being told, like, you got to have this great water, you know? They must be sitting in a back room just like positively speaking to water for like ever hey, or whatever. If it works. If it works, it's, 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 I highly recommend it. Do everything. Let's just do everything. Like, fuck it. Let's just do everything. Try everything. What's the worst that can happen? Right. You know what I mean? Or it's good material. If, if it totally sucks, it's good material. There you go. That's the other thing. It's like, if you think about it, all of our, all of our heroes from like the sixties and seventies, they tried everything. Mm -hmm. Even, even in like 12 step programs, like, the early dudes that were in AA tried everything. What does that mean? They tried like, um, they tried experimenting with acid. They tried uh, high doses of niacin. They got really into this writer named Emmett Fox who wrote the Sermon on the Mountain, who wrote all these like radical ideas about like how to think of religion that is completely antithetical to organized religion. They, t- they tried all these different revolutionary things and then kind of decided on like, well, this seems to work. Uh-huh. And then they went with the thing that seemed to work. And um, I think as humans, we want like absolutes and we want to be like, this is the way. But we have to remember that like the people that found the thing that worked had to thr- had to wander into the wilderness and try things that didn't work yes and it's also maybe not the only thing that works yes so it's like to remember that 
yeah, there yeah. are like a bunch of paths that lead to that same place. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's and some of them are worth exploring and some of them, like you'll figure you'll figure it out. You'll, yeah. you'll know what works for you, you know. And so I think that in like just trusting that that and it's hard to trust that for other people. When you love somebody, it's really easy to be like, listen, if I keep sliding sure. these books on perfectionism toward my boyfriend being like, I know you're struggling with perfectionism. Here's literally a book called the gifts of imperfection that deals with imperfection. And he's just like, <laughs> and he's just like, no, I want to read it. I don't want to, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I have to trust that you'll find your way, whatever that uh-huh, is. I have uh-huh. to wander away. So I think, you know, as humans, we just want that security of certainty and in our business. We're never ever gonna get it. Mm-hmm. And I used to enjoy the free fall. I used to enjoy it. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, I should be afraid of this. And it's like, where did that come from? You know? Yeah. So I think I, I love that. I love that you're just like doing it. I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to get comfortable with this, you know, with the stuff that makes me uncomfortable because I want to be happy and successful. And yeah, I don't want to stand in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the fear that's the only thing in the way, really. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. Or like, or you can fix it. You know, if you like, yeah. Are decide that you're not going to be scared to look, you can see what's wrong and then you can fix it. That's very true. You see that a lot in stand up. Somebody will come off stage and just be like, hmm, guess it just wasn't my night. And I'm like, maybe you should listen to that set. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or it's all the audience's fault or something. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it is very funny. Sometimes have you ever gone up at stage and been like, uh, I got this from my dude. Hey, so, um, I don't know what's going on with you guys tonight, but maybe this collection of humans should never form an audience together again. <laughs> like That's so funny. Maybe you guys don't do this well. <laughs> okay. So maybe sometimes it's the audience. Sometimes you look at, you've seen that, right? Where you're just like, are they really giving nothing to this comedian that is so incredible and so much better than I am? Like what is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just happens. I don't know. And then I don't know. I agree. Both things are true. Can both things be true? Both things can be true. All things can be true. All things can be true. What is um, what is your connection with your higher power now as a recovering Catholic, as they say? Yeah. Um, I, for a while, called myself an atheist. And I don't know if that's true, really. Because, like, I want to believe in something. Mm-hmm. I don't believe... Like maybe the close, and I haven't like really done my due diligence, but like I feel like everything I've heard about Buddhism, I'm into. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Like I need to probably, f- you know, I I don't know. I'm not like, I don't feel a lack. Yeah. Uh, f- in terms of religion right now, like okay. I'm not like desperately seeking, but like I feel like those principles most closely align with the kind of like spirituality that I'm looking for. Um, yeah. Catholicism was really hard on me because it is so much, there's so much like guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and that is so much stuff that you have to unpack that I've had to unpack. Um, so like anything that is even remotely similar, I'm like, don't have a desire to be a part of, but I'm like clearly more, agnostic because I'm 
I want to believe in something and I'm like looking for something in these other ways, even if it's like the universe or like source or like, you know, whatever, even if I'm like talking about energetics or whatever, I want to believe that there is something that is like right in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, it's funny. Like, I love that. I was just thinking to myself, I, I wanted to say, there's a certain type of lady in LA that's ruined the phrase, the universe, right? You know, the one, right? And then I'm sitting here thinking of myself and I go, Oh, I am that lady now. Yes. Uh, 100%. 100%. That's so funny. So like, Oh, I've become that. I just talked about a sound bath. Like I'm that lady now, but I think that that's, that's perfectly valid and fine. Like you can be whatever it is, you know, that I think the seeking is the beautiful part. Yeah. 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 I don't even know if I need like uh, an answer in the same way that Mm -hmm. like my parents have found an answer in their Catholicism. You know, it's like, I don't need it to be that cut and dry or that much lore even or whatever. Like I want to keep, Oh, you know, what's so interesting. Hmm. I want to keep looking for it basically. And I just, we had a guest on our podcast, Rachel Evans. Okay. And she was teaching us about Satanism, which is totally not what you think it is. No. Yeah. 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 It's more like, uh, go ahead and I don't want to, yeah, it's about, I mean, God, she explains it a million times better, but it's about like, it's more like atheism, but like you control yourself or like you, like, it's kind of like, it is kind of focused on self-actualization in a way that I didn't realize it was. Yeah. So it's like ritual for self-improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm into some of that. So, which was such a funny thing to discover because it sounds like hardcore, right? It sounds like hardcore devil worship. Well, because we were raised in, you know, 80s and 90s was that whole like height, the, the satanic panic. And so like we, I remember turning on the nightly news and hearing about like, satanism and like murders and yeah we we got like there wasn't even aware of that i don't think yeah there was like a whole like news cycle devoted to like you know because the news cycle needs fear right and so for some reason in the like during the height of the like ronald reagan falling in love with the you know marrying the republican party to the um to the um the christian right there was also the messages that satanism was coming in and like ruining your children and like you know and that's there were murders and they were tying these kids to murders and stuff oh god yeah well yeah i mean from what she was telling us i was like oh i'm kind of into that and like i said i'm kind of into some buddhist principles and like i am kind of into a mashup of whatever like makes me feel like the world has a lot of like good energy and potential yeah you know and then i can try to be my best person like that's that's my spirituality yeah we can cobble it from anything yeah you know what i mean And some crystals and some crystals (laughs) and some like i yeah it's 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 an interesting i've read especially when i was a teenager i read some of that stuff and i think that like 
oh, I didn't mean to make it sound like, oh, what happened was this a lot of those things that were tied together were just conflations. You know, oh, like totally, our, how totally. our new cycle yeah. is now where it's just like, everything is on fire. And it's like, you, we're looking at the wrong stuff that's on fire. You right, know what I mean? Right. So like, I think that that's, yeah, you cobble it all together. You make it who you are, you know? I like that. I like that you're open enough to learn from everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. What a beautiful I, place to be. Yeah, I tried to... Um, yeah, not be so judgmental about all the stuff, which I think makes it so you can be open-minded about, you know, the possibilities. And for the listeners, what's the name of your podcast? Reality Bites with a Y. Yay! I love that. Yeah, we talked to, you'll have to come on sometime. Ooh, you and your, your boo should come on. Oh, dear. <laughs> Um, yeah, we talked to all kinds of interesting people about sex, love, dating, relationships with, you know, we live in modern times, so it's got a digital slant and I co-host with, uh, Sophia Alexandra. Oh yeah. She's my writing partner. She's a hilarious comedian and, uh, Dave Rankin. Yes. Another friend and comic. I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. So much fun. Okay, I would love to do that. What is one thing, this is the last question, what is one thing you would love to give away to somebody just like you on this podcast? A little piece of advice or wisdom? Yes. Um, I would say, I would say, choose love, not fear is, use that, carry that with you. And um, if you've, if you like don't even know if you're feeling low and you don't even know where you're at, I would start journaling your way out of it. I mean, that was like a really, really impactful thing that really helped me for like a pretty wretched year of my Mm -hmm. life. Um, and I would say read tiny, beautiful things by Cheryl Strayed, wherever you are in your journey, there's like a beautiful piece of wisdom in there for you. Um, and yeah, to just like start, that's something I try to remind myself all the time is when things seem like big and insurmountable or whatever, it's like, it's little just baby steps, right? It's just like taking the first one is usually the biggest thing and it's way easier than you think it is. Yay. I love that. Where can people find you? Um, I'm at Courtney Kosak on Instagram and Twitter and yeah, listen to my podcast, Reality Bites. And yeah, just find me on the internet. Go, yeah, go get her. Go get her in the <laughs> digital world. Look for something positive on the internet, not like whatever's screaming at you today. Right. Um, my, You can find me at uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Anna V is fun. Uh, that's Anna with two N's. And uh, you can also find me on my other podcast, the Brouhaha podcast on the Unpops Network. And uh, if you're looking for show dates, information, AnnaValenzuela.com. Yay. Thank you for having me. Thank you. If Okay, so this is the part um, I know we just met. But if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Oh, I love you. Yay. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Okay, bye. Bye.